Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back, friends, to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are glad that you're with us today. We took a little hiatus last week, but we're back. Although we are not back in our normal location, we are actually recording from home today. So I hope you can hear us and hopefully this works out like we think it's going to. Yes, I hope Carter's room plays uh, the perfect kind of sound booth for us today. <laughs> um, and hopefully Carter won't listen to this and know that we were in his room yes, recording. on his bed. <laughs> but we're excited to be with you again today. And, you know, we've uh, opened up this series a few weeks back on Sticky Faith. And what are some of those factors that contribute to the healthy spiritual development of a young person? And we know that the home plays a critical role in that. It is like the incubator for faith. And uh, so as we think about that, we've had some wonderful interviews with some great couples. And I hope that has been such an encouragement to you, as well as a a source of equipping. Um, We want to help equip parents um, to be able to do the work of ministry in the home, because that is God's design. But today we want to kind of tackle the other side of that equation. Mm -hmm. And that would be uh, a factor that leads to kids walking away from the faith. But I think before we get into that, we have a couple of disclaimers we would like to share with you. Yeah, we want to acknowledge like right out of the gate here that um, we (laughs) we don't have experience in this yet from the point of view of a parent. Now, we've got a lot of years that we've been able to serve in student ministry, so we've certainly observed a lot. We've talked to a lot of families, um, kids who've walked away from the faith and maybe returned um, parents who are even currently struggling uh, through this reality and and loving their kids um, with kind of a, we hope that they will return mentality. And so we don't want you to think that, you know, here we are giving like expert advice in this podcast. Mm -hmm. We just want to share kind of what we have seen, but we acknowledge that we haven't walked this road with our kids and only the Lord knows if we will. And so um, I think that's important to say right away. Yeah. And then I would say also, um, parents can do all the right things and kids still make choices um, to walk away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray that that would only be for a temporary time. Mm-hmm. Um, we do believe in the power of prayer and we do believe that uh, God's word is living and active and those who have heard the gospel and received it, um, God will bring them back. Um, sometimes there are seasons where, where people uh, walk away from the faith and I think mm-hmm. that you can even see that in scriptures. Um, and so those two disclaimers hopefully kind of set the stage for what we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And that would be this. As we looked at all the factors that can contribute to a kid walking away from the church and turn their back uh, on the faith, one common denominator, I think, has stood out amongst um, so many conversations that we've had with parents. And again, research that we've done, uh, as well as just experience with student ministries. And that would be the significant influence of a close group of friends mm-hmm. and how that plays out in the development from a faith standpoint of, of a young person. 
Uh, I'll just read a verse here that is uh, of huge importance to us today. This is Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Otherwise translated as, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Yeah. Craig O'Shell also said, um, your friends are your future you. That's good. (laughs) I think that's reflective. Um, You know, I think one lie maybe we have bought into as parents is that we only have a small degree of influence in our kid's life. Um, or that that influence is only good until they hit like age 16. Right. And then they pick their friends and and they get more involved, like outside your home with their friends. And I think too many parents have maybe surrendered a little bit to that with, uh, well, I can't, you know, I can't control them or they don't care what I say. And um, I think one thing that, you know, is good to keep in mind as we have this conversation is um, parenting is not just a series of events in your child's life and then boom, you're done and you Mm -hmm. launch them and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that we have been so encouraged by in the book that we're reading for our parenting class um, at Grace on Sundays is just this idea from Paul Tripp um, that parenting is a process and it's a lifelong kind of never ending conversation with your child um, as they grow and as you grow. And so I think um, something to keep in mind is that, you know, there isn't, of course, the years that they're in your home are intense and they are important Hmm. and you probably have your greatest amount of influence in those years, but we've got to stop thinking that they reach a certain age and we're done parenting or they reach a certain um, stage and our ability to influence is over because that's just not true. Um, And of course, they may act as if everything we say doesn't matter to them, but it does. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think in this area of friendship and and the friends that your children choose and your involvement in that process or even from a distance watching it is still significant. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, It for sure is a is a process and um, the influence that we have in our kids' lives continues to carry beyond the home. Um, it looks different, and we're starting to get a sense of that from our parenting class as people have really given such great insight into and wisdom into what that relationship with their older child now looks like mm-hmm. now that they've entered kind of what we would call the adulting years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe, too, one of my favorite quotes from Rob Reno is um, God has uniquely equipped you as a parent to speak truth into your kid's life. Um, and I, I think that doesn't just stop yeah. um, when, when they're done at, at home. So as we, you know, kind of looked at the flip side, we talked the last two weeks about the importance or the last three or four weeks, I guess, uh, the importance of, you know, the word, how you, marinate in the word in your home and how you share the word and um, how that instructs you and your parenting and your relationships. And then we talked about the role of the church and uh, when that becomes something that's authentic, uh, when your involvement there and also who you are at church and who you are at home, when that matches up, that's got a significant influence um, Mm -hmm. in your children and their 
um, likelihood to retain their faith. But on the flip side, now we're going to look a little bit about what happens when they walk away. And I think, um, you know, having been in youth ministry for so many years, something that's interesting for us now, having seen kids, um, you know, come in as junior hires, mm-hmm. and now a lot of them are in their adult years. And we've been able to kind of watch that. And because of social media, we've watched a lot of it unfold online. And we know that's always an accurate picture of what's really going on. But something that's been um, heartbreaking is to watch some students um, walk away mm-hmm. from the faith. And it it grieves us. And um, I know has prompted me to pray for them as I see some of the things that they're sharing and struggling with. And so we really felt like, you know, moms and dads are facing this. And um, we, like we said, we don't know what the road the Lord has for our kids, but I feel like we want to encourage you in this conversation and help you understand you're not alone. Um, There is actually a support group at Grace Mm -hmm. for parents of prodigals. And so if that is you, um, please get in touch with us so we can help connect you there so that you can be encouraged and equipped right now where you are in this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as I start thinking about the influence that others have uh, on our lives and on our kids, um, that we have to understand that um, this is a biblical the biblical framework around this whole discussion because mm-hmm. there's incredible biblical examples of the power and influence of friends in our lives and how that shapes greatly who we become. This isn't just, you know, one random verse that we, we pick out there in Proverbs 13, 20. You can see this as it plays out in individual lives. You know, I think about um, David in particular. He, he kind of just pops up in my mind. Um, he had uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Jonathan was someone who was a very close friend of his, someone who, um, really helped him along this journey, especially at the time Jonathan's dad, Saul, turned on David and uh, at times wanted to kill him. And more than once, Jonathan stepped in and and really helped protect David. There is a a brother who sticks closer than a friend. And and Jonathan was one of those guys who really just helped David out and was there uh, for him through thick and thin. I mean, at one point, he walks all the way to Horish to strengthen David, knowing that he was discouraged, which would have been a 30 mile journey just to give an encouraging word Hmm. to David. That is an amazing friend who's willing literally to go the distance uh, for someone else. And so that's a great example of the influence that a friend can have. I'm sure David, through so many seasons of his life, in particular, could have just given up and, and, and thrown in the towel. Um, fighting this battle alone, but he didn't. God gave him such a critical friendship that bolstered his faith and helped him in times of of need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know we see the we see the friendship of the Trinity mm-hmm. as well on display: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from the beginning have you know. And the Trinity is not exactly the easiest thing for us to <laughs> comprehend and grasp, but we see the difference in roles and the relationship and how they interact with one another. And um, I think that there's a pattern there for us. There's instruction there for us in the way that the father, son, and Holy spirit operate. We can gather that friendship and those, that relationship with other people is part of 
what's wired into us as we are created in the image of God. Um, we're created to reflect that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, friendship is essential in our life. It's not so. just a, a thing that a few people are into. It's part of who we are is expressed in the way that we relate to others. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important, you know, that's why it's such a big deal for our kids um, as we parent them for them to make wise choices about their friends uh, because the influence is so great um, because it will affect who they are so deeply. Mm. And I think, um, you know, what's sad and what a lot of parents express is the regret of looking back when their child got involved with a certain group of people or a certain friend or a certain maybe significant other that led them down a road um, that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, as we think about this, we want to um, acknowledge, like Trav said at the beginning, that the Lord's in control and that we can still do all, all the things, you know, the right way or um, with as much wisdom as, as we have. And yet those kids um, that God has allowed us to shepherd and parent can still make, will still make their own choices. And so what, what do we do as parents when we watch maybe our kids um, begin a friendship or dabble into an area with a group of people that concerns us? Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? Yeah, um, I think one, without a doubt, we've got to pray. Pray God surrounds them with good friends, but also pray that they're making wise choices. Mm-hmm. You kind of hope early on they're able to distinguish and, and, and see the demarcation line between those friends who are going to lead them down a road uh, of destruction and those who are going to lead them closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, that is wisdom, uh, but I think sometimes uh, we got to pray that our kids' eyes would be open to see that mm-hmm. uh, and be able to have what we would call discernment. And I think that's where, you know, we talk about scripture, Hebrews 5.14, that the constant use of the scriptures in our life by practicing the word of God, um, it allows us to have our senses trained to discern good from evil. And our prayer for our kids is they would be able to discern and see the influence of their friends in the path that's ultimately taking them down. And is that the path they want to go down? Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, at the end of the day, we got to equip them to send them out and we can't always be there with them when they decide, when they decide to start making friends with whoever that may be. And so early on praying that they would have wisdom and you know, really see uh, the difference in, in the two. Yeah, I think one thing that um, I have gleaned from this book from Paul Tripp is this idea that as parents, we have to understand um, the power of spiritual blindness as we think mm-hmm. about the role that the task God's given us. Um, and what I mean by that, what he means by that is, you know, we ourselves can be blind to our own sin mm-hmm. as adults. Like we don't always see what other people are seeing. Like we can self-deceive, right? Mm-hmm. And our kids, um, you know, with a lot less life experience yeah. and maturity, lack of maturity, um, spiritual understanding, a lack of that sometimes, they are certainly blind spiritually um, to things. And not that God can't open their eyes, but I think as parents, we just have to remember, we sometimes may assume that they understand life as we understand it and that we see them making a choice that's not good. And we think to ourselves, well, surely they understand that's going to end up Mm -hmm. in disaster. But he reminds us that actually sin blinds 
And scripture tells us that. And so we have to um, pray that the Lord would open their eyes, not just to like impending disaster, but that their sin would be Mm -hmm. revealed and that he would help us to graciously help them see that because they may not even be capable of understanding fully what they're doing. And that's why God's put us in their life. That's one of the reasons he's put protection in their life with parents um, is so that we, as maybe the older, hopefully wiser mm-hmm. um, part of the equation, can right. even with our own testimony encourage them by listen. This is what God has shown me as your parent mm-hmm. that I am doing. Yeah, and so be encouraged that he he's not going to give up on you yeah. for going making a mistake or you know choosing the wrong thing. Yeah, but let's ask him to help us see what's really going on right. here. Yeah, and I think too helping uh, our kids see kind of the condition of their heart and really it's the desires of the heart, which, you know, result in the choices we make. Um, Not only as parents to help our kids see that, but praying for good godly friends that can help point that out in their lives. You know, David also had Nathan Mm -hmm. at a time when David fell uh, in uh, adultery with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed. Uh, It was a really, really hard time. Where, where David was was blinded by his own sin. And Nathan, the prophet, came and pointed out to David his sin. Yep. And David recognized very quickly, like, man, this is me. This is my deal. This is my problem. Um, and it started down that road of recovery because a good friend stepped into his life and yeah. pointed something out that David couldn't see because he had been blinded by his own sin. Yep. It also makes me think of Samson mm-hmm. and, you know, Samson's parents, even being able to foresee the road Samson was going to go down at an early age, just by making some foolish choices. And one being like telling his dad to get that Philistine woman for yeah. him. And, you know, that's an example there where I think his dad tried to persuade him, mm-hmm. but, but didn't necessarily stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as parents, I think sometimes we um, we have to be instructed by the examples we see in scripture. And one way we can be instructed there is sometimes we really need to just put our foot down. Yeah. And instead of just saying to our kids, well, I don't think that's a good choice or I don't think that's wise. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to risk them being mad at us. Yeah. Um, we need to risk them not understanding. Yeah. <clears throat> and we need to recognize that the responsibility that God has put on us to help be boundary keepers in their life as well. And so I think, you know, as we look at Samson's life, that was the beginning of a trajectory that was devastating for Samson. Now, the other thing to acknowledge in that, I think, is um, God knows what it will take for each of our kids. Yeah for them to follow him. He, he knows how they're wired, they're bents way more than we do. And so some of that is, you know, us surrendering to um, the work of God mm-hmm. as more powerful than anything we as parents do or don't do. Yeah. Um, we have to trust him in that. But I do think as far as it depends on us, one of the reasons he asks us to be their parent mm-hmm. is to step in when we see them about to make a choice that is not good. Now, of course, this all gets complicated the older they get, right? right? And we're sitting here with kids who are 11, 10, 6, and 2. So we we can step in pretty easily at this yeah. point in their life. Um, 
And I, I do recognize as they get older, it's not as easy. Yeah. And yeah. the not. repercussion and the ripple might be very hard. It can be very hard. Yeah. I think about Samson and uh, his life. He's kind of like the opposite. When you think about David, hmm. you know, um, David had some close friends that, you know, that really held him accountable. Um, not to mention also his was called the mighty men of David. One of the guy's name was Hushite the Archite, the friend of David. Mm. It's like he was a professional friend in David's <laughs> life and he was just there for him. Um, who were Samson's friends? Yeah, they're not really recorded. They're not recorded. <laughs> the ones that we do see are obviously we have a couple of individual women who were not a good influence in his life. Yeah. Um, but then you see like at this wedding in, in, in Judges chapter 14, he's given a companion of friends um, and they're all Philistines. And so the influence that they had on his life obviously was negative if you read that, that portion. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you look at Samson's life um, and his parents, you know, I think were, were godly people and they tried to set him up um, for success. Mm-hmm. But Samson made choices on his own, being led by his own desires. But then also you see just the negative influence from the very uh, intimate friendships he, he had, not only with the women, but, but then you see these Philistines also. So um, you, you can just see like Proverbs thirteen twenty playing out both in David's life and in Samson. One that brought a guy wiser yeah. because of the people who was close to him and one who suffered harm because yeah. he became a companion of fools. Um, and so, you know, you think about God's word being true, yeah. that it is true. Yeah. Um, and, and you see this backed up in, in, in scripture throughout these various storylines of these people. Um, as one guy said, he's like, listen, the Bible can be reduced to this. It's about, um, people's lives and the choices they make and their ultimate destinations. Mm. And you see the trajectory as you were talking about stuff, one going a certain direction. And you can almost, you can almost predict with David's life, the direction he was going to go because of the close knit of friends he had that were a godly influence versus, versus someone like Samson. You can almost predict where they were going to end up based on friendships. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I think to maybe bring this full circle a little bit as we think back. So if friendship can be so important Mm -hmm. and it can be an area where if it goes wrong, it can really contribute to, um, a child, a, a adult, even walking away from the Lord, then I think to go full circle and look back at what we've been talking about in the previous weeks in this Sticky Faith series, this is an area where the role of the church can be such a benefit mm-hmm. for us as families. Yep. Um, you know, I think even in our own experience with our kiddos and um, our kids are in public school right now, and I, it just has made me all the more uh, willing to help them engage with their friends at church. Because of course we want them to have friends, you know, definitely even at school. But as a parent, I want to be very willing and um, open to being in the car in order to drive my child to meet with a fellow Christian, right? Mm -hmm. To um, even, I think of our oldest is about to, to go to the lockout this week with, other friends from church. And I think, you know, those are the things where the role of the church, um, you know, it, it, it 
can be such a support to what you're trying to do at home with your kids. And I know that's not always easy either. Not every kid plugs into what's happening at the church just mm-hmm. magically. Mm-hmm. Um, in some seasons, it might go well. In some seasons, it might not. And so um, I do think, however, if we can do our best to kind of point them back and bring them back and and try to help them get engaged there, that can set them up down the road for friendships yeah. that will be, you know, like-minded mm-hmm. um, in the years when they really are going to need that. Yeah. And friendships are hard work. They you are. Know, I, for so many years doing junior high ministry, I would tell parents who are dropping off their junior high kid who is maybe new to the ministry. I'm like, you know, make them come four five, six times uh, because it takes time to develop friendships. Um, but my hope was that they would find a connection point with some other kid in the ministry who they would become close with. Um, and that would be the sticking point because relationships are so essential to our lives. Because again, as we mentioned, we're built for relationships. Yeah. We're built for that. You know, it's interesting. We look at Genesis, God looks at uh, Adam and, um, he sees that he's alone and it's not good. The one thing God looks at in his creation, all these things he says is good. And he looks at Adam being alone says it's not good yeah why because as Steph mentioned there's always been friendship mm-hmm. since the big since says god <laughs> god's existed forever because yeah. god has existed within community and that's how he built us he created us for community and so um i i think that it's so important that we find those good relational connections have those good friendships that community that we're built for and that community that we can surround ourselves with that can help push us and point us and bring us closer to Christ um, is so critical to our faith development. And I think as adults, um, as parents, that's something that we should model also to our Mm -hmm. kids. I mean, I think we have to be careful here. We can't live a loner lifestyle in which we never engage with um, friends and we don't plug into the church ourselves and then look at our kids and tell them, well, this is what you need. But then they look at us and, well, you don't do that. So why would we? And so I think, um, you know, this is where we have to have uh, an example of behavior that models what we're kind of preaching. We got to practice what we preach because I think sometimes kids will catch that more than all of our great lectures or (laughs) instruction times, you know, they'll look at our life and see, well, is that true for you? And I think that's another beautiful thing Hmm. um, that even your marriage can model for them. Like one of the good foundations of a healthy marriage is a healthy friendship between you and your spouse. And so, you know, even if you're in a season where you're like, well, I don't know that I have a whole lot of adult friends I would say, number one, like pursue that, ask the Lord for that and mm-hmm. see who he brings into your life and, and how you can step into someone's life and, um, you know, serve them. Sometimes even through service, great friendships are born. Yeah. But I also think maybe it's your marriage where you can just start there um, and you can model a great friendship to your kids between the two of you. But I do think, um, you know, we're not immune from this either. And uh, I also have seen where, Maybe a child doesn't plug in super well at church, mm-hmm. but maybe you have built a community of families in which they feel very comfortable where there are other adults who have the um, permission, maybe because they've earned it over time and friendship 
to speak into their life. And that's invaluable as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think there's a lot of ways we can do this, but um, for sure, the influence of friends is so critical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think modeling that at home. And I think in particular, I just came off a father-son retreat and the number one reason why these dads wanted to come on this retreat is because they wanted to be able to connect with other dads hmm. and be able to make memories and, 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 and make some new friendships because it can be very isolating, not only the fact that we're in the season of, of COVID, right. but also because studies show that men, when they get married and, and have a family, they oftentimes don't pursue significant friendships with other guys anymore. And so this becomes that critical piece, that connection piece to uh, help us grow in our walk with Jesus by having those other significant relationships. And the church can provide that, these events, these retreats, Wednesday nights, the Sunday mornings as that place where that can happen. Yeah. And that makes me think, you know, two things I want to make sure that um, our listeners, especially those of you who are are local and, and go to grace know about. And one we mentioned earlier is the support group for parents, um, Mm -hmm. of prodigal kids. And by prodigal, we mean kids who are actively maybe walking away or, um, have just strayed very far from the faith. I think the enemy gets us in the idea. Um, he loves for us to isolate. He loves for us to think that we're alone in something that it's only our kid that's struggling or surely we're terrible parents. And so we kind of um, can withdraw and just kind of die in that, the guilt and the shame of that. And so I think this group, the fact that it exists is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because we need support as parents um, to come around each other and say like, I'm really sorry. And I understand. And, you know, we're struggling with this too. And how can we support one another and pray for our kids and for us as parents to know what to do? So I think that community piece is huge. So again, if if that's you listening, please reach out. Reach out to Trav, reach out to me, Rochelle mm-hmm. at Student Ministry, or excuse me, <laughs> we were at Student Ministries for years, Family yeah, Ministries, ministries. Um, and let us help you get connected to that group because yeah. you know that could be a huge blessing. The other thing I would say is our class on Sundays. Sunday morning class. Parenting. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. in a parenting 10-week class um, and we're, we're just meeting each week as parents reading through a book together. But boy, I tell you every Sunday, I'm so encouraged to sit with other moms and dads um, in very different stages of parenting, all of us, but we are able to unite around the gospel, um, number one. And then just the idea that we, we are love the Lord and we are trying to be the best parents that we can be as he, Mm -hmm. you know, empowers us in his grace. And, so I think something to tell you from a family ministry standpoint is that this is sort of the model right now, right? Yeah. Like going forward is that every fall, we're trying to really have a parenting intensive that you can plug into as often as you're able, even if you can't make it for the whole time. And then we're kind of shifting our focus to marriage mm-hmm. in the winter and as we kind of come into the spring. And so just know that hopefully there will always be these on ramps, off ramps for you Yes, because parenting is so much about <laughs> seasons and yeah. some go well. And some are hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, too, uh, as we kind of bring this podcast today to a close, for those of you parents out there that maybe uh, this has been your experience and you've had a, a son or daughter walk away from the faith for for a season, um, I want to encourage you with the fact that as we talked about Samson's life, 
it's very intriguing to me as you look at the events that unfolded in his life and how eventually he kind of just bottomed out mm-hmm. and became a, a captive to the Philistines. But at that place where he was just, you know, really, I think, came to an end of himself, he cried out to God yeah. for help. And in his prayer in Judges 16, 28 and following, he says, Oh, Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me just this time, oh God. When I look at that prayer, he uses two different names for God, Elohim and Jehovah. Um, where, would if he, where would Samson have learned these names of God that he used in his prayer? Samson went back home in his mind and he remembered the lessons the teaching that his parents provided to Samson and it was not lost upon him. In a moment where he was broken, he went back to that place in his life where he was most happy and content and joyful in a home where God's word was talked about and the names of God were used. Mm -hmm. Samson remembered from which he had come from in life. It was not lost upon him. And I just want to encourage you parents that um, it will not be lost upon your kids if you talk to them about Jesus yeah. and you talk to them about the scriptures. They will remember it. Um, I think at some point um, they're going to go back home in their mind, in their hearts, and that they will remember God's faithfulness and goodness and having provided godly parents to them. Yeah, it reminds me of the scripture, do not grow weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. Or in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. That's right. You know, we don't want to give up um, as parents. And so I think as we end here, Trav, I think it would be um, appropriate for us to pray for, um, I'll ask you to pray over all of our listeners. Um, and we, as we do that, I think sometimes we, we reduce prayer to kind of the last thing we can do or the only thing we can do. And, and we sort of have this like, well... I guess I'll pray. And in reality, there really isn't much greater um, power source for us to mm-hmm. tap into mm-hmm. than the Lord. That's and right. so to pray for your kids in their struggles, well, always, but especially in the time of need and struggle, don't ever feel like, you know, it's it's nothing you can do. Like you've reached the end and this is all you've got left. To be able to bend the ear of God is such an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, we never want to discount the power of, of the Lord and his redemptive power, especially. Um, but anyway, I just think as we pray, let's be encouraged. Um, this isn't a minor thing to actually go before yeah. the father is such a privilege and to bring our kids to him um, is there's such a weight as a parent in that responsibility. Yeah. 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 Let's, yeah absolutely. Um, we can always, we always have prayer mm-hmm. and, um, there is power in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for our time today. Thank you. As it says in scripture, scripture, you are a gracious and compassionate God who's slow to anger and abounding in mercy and grace. And we thank you for that. And we just draw upon the fact that God, you are sufficient for our every need. And when we have grown weak and tired and weary as parents because of our kids, that God, you will strengthen us and embolden us and help us realize that you have placed us in the lives of these kids that we might be not the perfect parent, 
but the perfect parent for those kids mm -hmm. to speak into their life, to give them truth, to help them um, as they take off on this journey of life and that they would be rooted and grounded and established in the love of Jesus Christ, having a foundation that is rock solid in who you are. But God, realizing too that sometimes kids make decisions that can be harmful and hurtful. But we pray, Father, for your grace and mercy upon their lives and that you would bring them back home. Yeah. Um, because our hearts will forever be restless until we find our home in thee. And so I pray for those kids that have walked away. God, in your time, would you bring them home where they belong? And that's in relationship with you and with their family. And we believe, God, that you are actively involved in just rescuing people. Because you are you a God who rescues. Mm -hmm. And so we just pray, Father, over all these families, all the different situations that are playing out. Mm -hmm. And God, that you would just, as you are, Psalm 103, 19, the Lord is in heaven, his sovereignty rules over all. Mm -hmm. You are in control, and you're a God who sees everything. And in your perfect timing, Father, you do act. And um, it is for your glory um, and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for listening today. We hope this has been um, an encouragement for you. And we are so grateful that you have tuned in. Um, and we hope that the whole series, the Sticky Faith, Sticky Faith series that we just wrapped up today, mm -hmm. I hope that's been a blessing um, to you in your parenting. And we, um, we will see you next time. So thanks for listening thanks today. For listening, guys. And that is a wrap on the family huddle this week. I hope this episode was super encouraging to you guys. Um, I always feel so encouraged and challenged as I'm working and editing these episodes and really hope that they get passed along and shared um, and that I'm not alone in the encouragement and the conviction and the challenge that comes from them. The teaching today was just so good and practical. I think even though my son is still super young, even just the piece that they were talking about as parents to make sure that the things that I'm cultivating in my own life like to set an example for my children um, so that I'm not just asking them or telling them to do something that I know is good that I'm not actually doing myself. So I think it'll it'll be really good to take a step back and kind of assess, okay, where am I plugged in and where am I maybe making excuses or where has this current season created challenges for me that um, I need to maybe think through creatively. And then as both Travis and Stephanie mentioned, we at Family Ministries, we are here for you. And so if that means joining us in class um, in person on a Sunday, whether that means connecting with us over email or over social media, whether that means you connect with us and then we get you plugged in with a small group or like Steph and Travis mentioned, um, the Parents of Prodigals class, we would love to see you connected at Grace and in relationship, both you and your children, whatever age and stage they're at. We are here for you, um, praying for you. And again, thank you so, so much for joining us. We will see you soon.